Zagreb, Croatia. I'm dodging the trams and the rain. No one to talk to, so I'm talking to you. We're going to start at the end. After the first row, the silence, the very last kiss. We're going to start at the moment. You felt your heart break. Because this is a story about what happens next. About the things and the people that are left behind. I'm taking a funicular ride to the upper town, the oldest part of Zagreb. I'm visiting a place I know. This is it. Dali želite audio guide? Welcome to the Museum of Broken Relationships. Galleries are usually full of the oldest and the best, but the Museum of Broken Relationships collects banal, everyday things. An old iron, a broken watch, a mobile phone. The objects come from all around the world, donated anonymously by people at the end of love affairs. Tired old gifts and shared belongings that aren't wanted anymore, or are wanted too much. You've chosen the English language option. I love it here. Echoey, whitewashed rooms. The exhibits glowing on illuminated shelves as if they're floating. I've been recording the museum stories for a while now, talking to the donors of the objects and the people who work here and visit. It's usually busier, but it's quiet today. Just you, me. You can adjust the volume at any time by turning the knob marked volume. And when you hear this noise, it's time to move on. And him, the audio guide man. He's not so bad. Come on, we'll show you around. Here's the first object on our tour. A $50 bill issued by the Bank of Jamaica. Its anonymous donor tells its story. It's green and scrumpled and passed through many hands. Rather used, rather dirty. It was a mark of what I'd been through. That object contained all the pain. Throwing it away would be discarding what happened to me. Keeping it would be holding onto it. And I hadn't told anyone else. My mother doesn't know. No one knows other than me and him. Do you remember the first moment that you saw him? Yes. He was leaning against a tree, actually, smoking a cigarette and uh, chatting to his mate in what sounded like very broad patois. Dreadlocks down to his knees, combats, bright yellow T-shirt. Very colourful, very dramatic. What was his opening line? Uh, it was so cheesy. It was a hello, pretty girl. I think you're very beautiful constantly stroking my back or my hair, saying what beautiful hair you've got. When you haven't had that for a very, very long time, it was flattering. And I suppose he was pressing the buttons, wasn't he? And I was vulnerable. The museum was founded by two Zagreb-based friends 
Elinka Vistica and Giles and Grubisic. They had the idea in the middle of a painful breakup from each other. The thing was how to preserve at least one part of the beautiful things that were not just a part of your life, but it becomes a part of your body, of your brain, whatever, and you can not just remove it surgically. And that conversation one night resulted in, wouldn't it be great to have a place where you could store the part of your life that is not allowed to <laughs> exist anymore? Something like a museum. The way we decided to display objects without any glass covering is to have you relate to the object much easier. There was supposed to be here at your hand's reach. Is it a museum of unhappy endings? If our notion of love is of something that's uh, everlasting, like uh, fairy tales, then, yeah, it's a museum of unhappy endings. But for me, most of these objects still talk of great love. It's just because of this temporary end part, you feel something different from what you felt before. It's not love, it's rage, it's anger. And you have this natural need to destroy everything. For me, it's a love museum. He kept phoning me, I think he phoned me every day. What are you doing tonight, baby? What are you doing today, baby? You know, it was this, this kind of thing. And I, I, I actually was a bit creeped out about it, actually, to be honest with you. And I wish I'd listened to that and not allowed him to get in. I would have saved myself an awful lot of pain and upset. This shaving stand with matching brush and razor was donated by a local visitor from Zagreb. Signs of wear and the greying bristles suggest daily use over many years. She bought me this shaving kit for a birthday. I haven't used it for quite some time, but I kept it as one of the few reminders I have of her. Our love was passionate and we tried to break up a few times. She was 17 when we met. I was 27, married with three children. We split up after 10 years, but love remained as strong as ever, on my side at least. In the meantime, she got married and had a daughter. I hope she doesn't love me anymore. And I hope she doesn't know that she was the only person I have loved this much. Five point six centimeters high, feet modeled in polycarbonate plastic, covered with white synthetic fur, pink nose, floppy ears, a toy rabbit or bunny from the turn of the twenty first century. Donated by the museum's founders, Olinka Visticha and Drajan Grubizic. I don't know who bought it. It might have been me, because my nickname was the bunny. Seeing Drajan coming back after working in his studio, and I would wind up the bunny and just open the door. He would do the same thing, me coming, and the bunny was always jumping. It's a really clear scene I, I have it in my mind. And, of course, there are bad memories, but somehow you don't keep the flashes of them. I don't. Memory is not the playback, but the recreation. 
a paper-bound edition of Proust's novel À la recherche du temps perdu. Condition poor, dog-eared, slightly foxed, grains of sand between the pages. It was a pink jumpsuit. Uh, <laughs> um, I think she was wearing that. I was at university. I can remember the first conversation really clearly, which took place in the very, very grotty, self-catering kitchen, mooling kind of chicken livers. <laughs> I know from subsequent conversations that I was considered completely pretentious. <laughs> there was a party. We both got quite drunk and we were sort of kissing each other. And so I remember sort of saying, you know, <laughs> are you sure about this? <clears throat> but it was made really clear that this was, this was sex and at the right moment to do it, we sort of jumped on each other. We went out for dinner, a little cheap French restaurant in Oxford, and there was a very special insight into emotion. Very funny, very witty, but a certainty about what a feeling was and how to put it into words. I was a clever boy, I was very confident, but I wasn't really in touch with my heart. I remember having that dinner and that conversation and falling in love. A homemade calendar, open on the month of February. The hand-coloured picture shows a cat in a hammock, hungrily eyeing a bird. Damaged. At the beginning of our relationship, my ex-girlfriend ripped all my posters off the wall during sexual intercourse, which was very hard for me to accept. This calendar was probably an attempt to repair the loss, but did not really succeed. Nevertheless, it is very nice, and it would be a pity to keep it in a drawer. I had an old pound note, which was ancient. And he said, oh, look at this old pound note. I said, yes. He said, would you like to have it? Because I had to. He said, yeah, have it. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you this. And he pulled out this Jamaican dollar bill and gave it to me. And it was wonderful to have someone who doted on me, cooked for me, sat and watched telly with me, with his arm around me. It was those moments of just ordinariness that for me was so precious. It's, like, it's an island, so you have to take a little boat and it's five miles of sand and Atlantic breakers crashing. Initially, the beach is very crowded, but the further you walk, the more desolate it becomes. There's just you and the person that you love and the sand and the sea. We'd make a little shack out of bits of bamboo and sarongs. We'd have a picnic, we'd bathe and, and then we'd lie in the sun. And probably the first summer we went, I was reading Proust, Remembrance of Things Past. 
and I started to read passages of it aloud. The combination of sun, sea, naked bodies, ravishing prose would make you very interested in each other. There was thwarted desperation about his experience of love. It was like Proust was in a ménage à trois with us, and where we could fulfil ourselves, he couldn't. This room of the museum is devoted to erotic objects. That's the beaded curtain at the entrance. And Jarlson showing me around. It's funny, my girl, my daughter loves this room the most because most of the things are pink. <laughs> a pair of artificial breasts sculpted in a naive, primitive style. Silicon, overpainted in salmon tones to simulate flesh and mounted on a distressed fabric backing manufactured in Belgrade in 2009. Artist's model unknown. Size 36, F. After three years together, my husband brought fake sculptured female breasts, which were, of course, larger than mine, and that was the time of our biggest relationship crisis. He made me wear them during sex because they turned him on. I was disappointed because of those sculptured fake breasts. I left him for good. I love the fact you have a sign on this particular object <laughs> saying thank you for not touching the exhibit. I mean, it's so natural that everybody would want to squeeze them. You know, they so. do look very squeezable, it yeah. has to be said. <laughs> it sounds like a really bizarre and kind of nerdy thing to do, but it, it was a bit of a drug and we got hooked on it and had a ritual of frequently going to this place, finding this idyll. We actually had the time to get through most of the novel over the course of a relationship that lasted for more than two and a half decades. This next object on our tour is a magic eight ball, a scale model of a bowling ball sculpted in black plastic. A small window on one side displays a message, which changes randomly when the ball is shaken vigorously. It is used informally to make difficult decisions or to tell the future. Donated in the Philippines. This was given to me by Bobby on the last day of 2009. He said, with this ball you will be able to decide easier. After that, we keep seeing each other. But I slowly started losing respect for myself, which is what happens when you're cheating on someone. I broke up with Bobby in a letter. Well, actually, it was on a blog post. Sometimes I have the urge to see him, talk to him, and to you know what. And when I have this Bobby beside me, I ask, does he still think about me? Then I shake the ball. My sources say no. The ball says, is he with someone else? Without a doubt. The ball then says, are they together right now? It is certain. Are they at our spot? 
Signs point to yes. And even though it hurts, I'm still glad because he was right. This ball did make deciding easier. Magiging madali para sa akin na magdesisyon. He was desperate to marry me and something in me was saying, no, don't, don't. He would come back at, say, quarter past twelve at night, sometimes not come back and text me saying he's staying with his brother because he'd had too much to drink or that they were recording. And, you know, if I called him, didn't answer his phone, I thought that was really peculiar. And I was made to feel that I was stupid for doubting him. He had to go up and get a new Oyster card. And he left his passport photograph on the kitchen table. I realised he'd left it after about five minutes and went running up the road with the photograph because I knew he needed it to the station. I saw him from the back and he was on the phone going, yes, baby, I love you too, baby. Take care, baby. I'll see if I'll come and see you tonight, baby. And he turned round and I will never, ever forget his face. So I just quietly said, you've got your photograph, baby. Visitors to the museum often have very emotional responses to its stories, particularly if they're nursing broken hearts of their own. Nina, the gift shop girl, hands out sympathy along with the souvenirs. She's a good listener, in her 20s, and a little wistful. One of the objects in the museum is hers, but she'd rather not say which. She shows me the visitor's book. It's full of handwritten notes in different languages. Page after page of tiny love letters. This is the first. Life has taken me on so many exciting adventures. Here I am in Croatia. Who would have ever predicted? Not I. And somehow, through all the cities, all the towns, all the countries, all the new streets, every day is the same, full of you. There is one thought that keeps me sane. <laughs> you would hate it here. And still, here you are. I miss you every day. Alexis. That's so sad. sad. Yeah, just, yeah, just was... Yeah, you just found it. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, it was, so there is lots of things like that. This tiny object was given to the museum by a German donor. It's a light for a dog's collar, moulded in dark red plastic with a blinking light. We'd been married for 13 years and were living in a foreign country together. The love in our relationship had taken a backseat to friendship and I come to realise I was miserable. Telling her I was leaving was the hardest thing I'd ever had to do. She went back to her own country to stay with her family and try to get her strength back. I went home and discovered I was suffering from depression. We maintained a level of contact, though she was having great difficulty coming to terms with our new reality. She sent me a package with a few small things in it, each of which broke my heart a little more because they were mostly about her wanting to take care of me, even though she was the one suffering. She said she bought one of these dog colors lights for our little dog, because she kept wandering off in the dark on winter nights and getting lost. This way, they could always find her. This little red light has been with me everywhere in my shower kit for two years now, killing me every time I see it. My former partner took her own life just over a year after we split up. Alone in a hotel room in a strange town. 
P.S. Please hang up blinking if you use it. It reminds me of a heartbeat. The battery can be replaced. I can remember just being very strong, taking my boys to school and coming home and putting the duvet over my head, unable to work. And I was very thin, very, very unhappy. What was going on in your head? Why? Why wasn't I good enough? You know, why wasn't... Why had I let him in my life? I suppose I was quite angry with myself. Um, Were you angry with him? No, not really. I, I think it was more pity. Pitied him for being that low. How many women did he have that you knew about? Um, I knew about the one, but it was the other woman who told me that there were two or three others. This is one of the most popular objects in the museum, an axe. Its curved handle makes it easier to swing. The blunt blade indicates an intensive period of chopping. She was the first woman I allowed to move in with me. A few months later, I had to go to the US. She couldn't come along. We said goodbye in tears at the airport and she assured me she couldn't survive three weeks without me. When I returned three weeks later, she said, I've fallen in love with someone else. I've known her for four days, but I know she can give me everything that you can't. I kicked her out. She immediately went on holiday with her new girlfriend, leaving her furniture with me. Not knowing what to do with my anger, I bought this axe to blow off steam and to give her at least a small feeling of loss, which she obviously didn't have after our breakup. Every day of her 14-day holiday, I axed one piece of her furniture. The more her room filled with chopped furniture and looked like my soul, the better I felt. Two weeks after she left, she came back for the furniture. It was neatly arranged into small heaps and fragments of wood. She took that trash and left my apartment for good. The axe was promoted to a therapy instrument. My name is Margret. My name is Jón. And we're from Iceland. Yeah, just everyone told us to go here. Yeah, everyone at our hostel told us to come here. I don't think there's a lot of couples in here. I think we are maybe the only couple in here. I think, I think the guy at the hostel wants us to break up. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they were telling us to come here. I don't know, we're not going back to the hostel. And how do you feel after your visit? Uh, I'm really happy that someone hasn't, like, broken my furniture with an axe. It really makes me happy, I don't know. <laughs> but some of, of the items here are, like, thanking ex-lovers for being with them. It's not all really sad. Not everyone breaks the furniture with axe or, or burns something down. Or just thank you, thank you for the time we spent together or anything like that. It felt like I was having to give away something quite important, but that's what you do when you break up. You have to surrender things which are very important to yourself. I'm very happy we had our relationship. I'm really proud of it. Wonderful things came out of it. We gave each other a huge amount of love. And for 20 years and more, there was a dignity and a kind of enchantment. 
so I don't regret it. What book would you read with your new partner? Crikey, the person I'm with now is an interior designer and I've moved in with her. And in fact, there are very, very few bookshelves. It's not going to be a book-reading relationship. That's probably something that I'm excited about, actually. I'm glad Proust isn't lurking. We've managed to keep each other a part of our mutual lives, but if it wasn't for the museum, we wouldn't see each other on almost daily basis. And uh, in a way, you learn that it's possible to transform a romantic relationship into something else. A different kind of love. Different kind. Yes, maybe. I don't have a definition of there is the right kind of love and there, there is this different kind of love. It's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's just love. <laughs> yeah. We've come to the end of the tour. All that's left to say is that I've enjoyed our time together hugely. And I hope you too have loved being with me. Please turn off the device and hand it to the attendant who waits for you at the exit. So I must say goodbye. I know you're from abroad, so it's unlikely you'll hear my voice again. So it really is a final goodbye. Goodbye. And please, do tell your friends to visit the museum so they can make my acquaintance. I'm not sure if I've already said goodbye, but if I haven't... Goodbye. You know, he's got a nice voice. Sorry, I feel like I should tie it all up with a happy ending. But then, maybe the best way to finish is to start all over again. Four years later, here I am, with a smile on my face, happy with who I am, and knowing what I want. Are you proud of yourself? Yes. And have you seen anyone since? Yes. What's that been like? Good. I was broken. So when you're broken, then you can put the pieces back together. <laughs>